You are listening to The Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Rutman. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Social Hotelier Video Podcast with me, Sam Eric Rutman. Today, I have a very interesting episode because I have five special guests who are sharing this, this episode with me. And the reason being is I, in fact, I was very busy for the last couple of weeks in May 2023. I attended first the International Hotel Investment Forum in Berlin. And the week after, I joined the uh, Eco Resort Network in Montenegro. And they are so drastically different events from each other. Uh, Berlin event has been going on for many years. Similar people are showing up in the dark blue suits and white shirts. And you have all the world-class hospitality experts, brand leaders, hotel chains, uh, thought leaders, and investors into hospitality. And also there they have many kinds of educational sessions and this year was a little bit different. They talked about the fortune favors the bold. And we have been hearing last year already a buzzword about sustainability and also talk about this year. But what's very special about this year's event is there is a special ESG hub. And I want to bring in then a couple of my guests who, who I met in, in Berlin to d- discuss this. But, but before I do that, I just want to introduce to all of you to my guest today. So on, on my right, I have Dr. Willy Legrand. Hello, Willy. Welcome. Thank you, Sam Eric, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to connect again. Yeah, Willy is a professor of IU International University in Germany and the, the thought leader and the guru and the author about sustainable hospitality development management. If you want to learn anything about sustainability and particularly hospitality, you have to read his latest book that he edited. It's only about 800 pages, right? So it's a good read. <laughs> That's right, and, yeah. And next to Ville is Maribel Esparcia Perez, and she is a founding partner of the European Sustainable Hospitality Club. So Maribel, we know each other from the Hospitality of the Future think tank, and also we run into each other at, in Berlin. So welcome, Maribel. And... Uh, can you just briefly tell us about your activities? Thank you so much for having me today. Um, so I am an academic. I research a lot, but uh, I am an independent advisor for the hospitality industry, and I teach in university. That's kind of my two main uh, activities. Very good. Thank you. And then uh, then we have Robin Woodhead. She is the co-founder of White Desert Antarctica. Welcome, Robin. Hi, everyone. Great to be yeah. here. And um, a little bit about what I do. So I'm, I'm the polar opposite of everyone else here. I run a polar logistics company with some tourism on the side and work on Antarctic governance as well. So nice to be here. Wonderful. And then we have Tariro Mazingira. She is a banking professional and a community, community builder. So Tariro, warm welcome. Thank you for having me. So could you tell a little bit about your activities because you attended the Eco Resort Network and what was sort of behind 
what was the reason you joined it and what do you think you can uh, build from that uh, uh, experience in uh, in Montenegro? Yes, so this was my first ever kind of hospitality event. I went because I'm interested in the space. So I currently work in the city, a corporate environment, but I'm really interested in getting underrepresented groups outside into nature for mental health benefits. So I'm kind of more on the side where we have these corporate companies telling us they're so interested in diversity inclusion. And I'm interested in exploring how corporate companies can provide good experiences for staff within their offices. Thank you, Tariro. And then we have Chris Nader. He's a co-founder of uh, NCEO Envy Lodges. Uh, welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, Americ, and thanks for bringing us together. Uh, yeah. uh, it's lovely to see familiar faces uh, <laughs> again. Yeah. And uh, Chris, can you just briefly uh, tell us about Envy Lodges, Envy Lodges, which you co-founded a couple of years ago? Yeah, we're, we're an ecologic uh, management company and, and, and brand uh, developing projects between the Middle East, uh, Africa, uh, and uh, Europe and the Americas, quite, quite uh, dispersed. We're a new company launched uh, a year and a half ago. And contrary to Robin's uh, climate, I uh, live in an extremely hot climate where it's already started to hit 45 degrees and just only in, not even in June yet. And that is the UAE. Very good. Yeah, I remember that. I'm now in Helsinki and now we have uh, plus five or six degrees. So that's why my turtleneck. All right. So let's uh, get started and let me bring in uh, then uh, Vili and, and Maribel and we'll talk about uh, the International Hotel Investment Forum for a moment. And then we'll bring Robin Tarira and, and Chris also then when we start talk about Eco Resort Network. So uh, Maribel and uh, and Vili, uh, you attended and understand that Vili, you were uh, a speaker at the event at uh, at um, uh, ESG Hub. I saw there were a number of uh, kind of topics topics which had to do with uh, people, planet, and uh, and profit. Uh, but what did you see? Both sort of underlining theme and and some sort of takeaways that you could share with us about uh, about that event this year. Mm, yeah, so people, planet, profit, and progress, perhaps. Uh, both uh, uh, Maribel and I were actually on, on the same uh, same panel, and we had prepared a, a presentation together. Um, it was quite interesting, because we know that those ESG matters are increasingly prominent. It's, they have actually a prominent spot now on hotel investment and development stage. But there's, you know, there, there are quite a few uh, pull and push factors, I would say. Uh, we see pressure to ensure validated information on environmental, social governance. That's on transparent credibility, accuracy. It's all a matter of compliance increasingly, but also, I guess, a, a matter of story. So you're quite right. At, at this year's IHIF, the lens is on the hotels, the hotel's value chain, the supply chain. And, you know, there was lots of discussions around the impacts from construction, material, uh, FFNE, so furniture, fixtures and equipment, uh, the hotel seating, but also operations. So anyways, uh, yeah, three. So you're asking for takeaways. So three takeaways I've got for you uh, from IHIF and pro most probably Maribel will have something similar or perhaps different. I'm not sure. Um, 
So the very simple. One, the value of customer experience. Two is asset decarbonization. And three is carbon tunnel vision. And I'll quickly, if I have a, a minute, I'll quickly explain what I mean by this. So I, I think what we've seen is that people are looking for experiences more and more. And the beauty here is, of course, our industry can capitalize on this, of course. And, you know, that sustainability slash regenerative story, that's an excellent marketing potential, really. But what we see is the claims that we're making must be substantiated. You know, you have to walk the talk, but you have to be able to prove this because consumers are increasingly educated on this, on the topic of sustainability, and they are suspicious of any flowery claims that we would make. And I guess this is also one of the push factors that we were discussing actually with Maribel with the EU Green Claims Directive, which is in the works and will have an implementation framework of um, a timeframe of 2024, 2027. So that's the first thing. Um, which leads me really to the second takeaway. The investors are looking increasingly at the ESG due diligence. Um, but a lot of it is based on the decarbonizations of asset. That is, the investors into the hotel real estate are looking to the extent to which a building is on some kind of decarbonization pathway aligned with the Paris Agreement. Right, because they want to estimate the risks and uncertainty that they have with the real estate decarbonization. They want to be able to quantify the scenarios, identify which hotel property will be at risk of being stranded. That is when the building has a devaluation, is a liability. No one wants to stay in this building because it's not efficient building. We know there's stricter regulation and legislation coming on carbon emission, etc. So the due diligence is something that they're looking at more and more interested in the effect of what does that mean if I invest into this property. And that leads me to my last and third uh, uh, takeaway, I guess, from my HIF. And I guess maybe maybe Maribel will say a few words about this, but, you know, it's this is from a very much an ESG approach, but, you know, I, most of the time that I spent at HIF this year, um, the industry, I think, suffers a little bit of a carbon tunnel vision, right? Uh, we the, the the global industry strive for that net zero emissions, which is it's really commendable to do this. But what I see is that some of the solutions that may be brought across to reach net zero emission may come at a price to other sustainable development issues. Because in fact, we do have plenty of, on our shoulders. We have inequity, we have inequality, we have water crisis in many parts of the globe. We have overconsumption of resources. We have a million rooms currently on the construction worldwide and each room needs four, five, six, seven hundred kilograms of material that needs to come from sources, virgin sources often, often, so tremendous pressure on biodiversity, of course. So the carbon tunnel vision is sort of dangerous in a way to the extent that we may actually ignore some of the other sustainable goals, sustainable development goals. So that's it. That's sort of my three key takeaway, really. So the, the, the value of providing an experience that has a sustainability claim to it, the fact that investors are looking at doing ESG due diligence in their investment um, towards hospitality real estate, and then the fact that we do suffer a little bit from a carbon tunnel vision. Well, thank you, Willy. This is an excellent, excellent observations that you had. And uh, I also noticed that uh, for the first time, uh, an international hotel chain like Intercontinental uh, signed an exclusivity agreement with the Zeal Hotel uh, for the first net zero carbon hotel. And the aim is minimum dream rating of excellent with target of outstanding. So that's kind of a, a newsworthy item 
Uh, so I'm going to keep, I'm going to watch that space definitely and see how they uh, advance on this this era. But it seems to be that now that the, the big players are also are starting to take seriously and in a, a player like Intercontinental is uh, well, definitely it, something. If- that's right. In the case of Intercontinental, it's part of their journey to tomorrow's strategy. In fact, by 2030, to have any new members to, to actually strive or being uh, net zero. So I think it's part of the strategy that they had set in place to really push forward. So in that respect, it is commendable, isn't it? I mean, this is a, yeah. a, a, pro, a you know positive step forward. Sure. All right. Um, Maribel, your thoughts on, on IHIF and uh, the ESG hub discussion? Well, I think Willie summed up everything very clearly, and I do agree with everything he said, of course. Um, we are very much aligned in, in, this, in the way we see things and, and we uh, perceive how the industry is moving forward. But um, from my side, I also noticed the lack of context-based uh, problems and context-based uh, sustainability perception and context-based development, because they are doing this, uh, of course, the carbon, the net zero, the net positive, all this talking is like big talk. But then when you're thinking about the hotel, whether it's an existing property or new development, there is what we miss the details that are so important and crucial. We have to understand the local context. And um, for me, it's quite difficult at these big corporates to understand that the importance of that. But we have to because Without that understanding of the local current biodiversity laws, the flora and fauna protection, the water scarcity, as you said very well, if we don't understand those problems and the social issues that are also, for me, the big topic that I haven't seen in the main stage, um, so besides carbon emissions, what are the real issues, the social and the human rights problems that we've got in our industry that are not being addressed? Um, I would like to see more of this. But my three takeaways are very much like uh, Willie's one. So uh, the fact that they understood that sustainability, ESG, they affect asset um, valuation and returns uh, is a huge risk if they don't monitor them properly. Um, and, and the second one is, Besides ESG being mainstream, carbon has been the main focus and, and from the investor side, looking that credibility being associated to certification entities or uh, recognition from like the um, principles for responsible investment entity um, or others. That's kind of the main, uh, the main thing driving uh, ESG. And then... Um, the, the social side and the governance, the internal governance is being uh, less, uh, well, maybe it's an, uh, less look at or, or we haven't seen that um, as prioritized as just the carbon, the carbonizing assets. And the third one is the credibility and the data management. So they understand that they have a problem from the technology perspective. Most hotels um, lack of quality uh, PMS or CRMs or data collection technology in operations. So without that data, you cannot monitor the right progress. Um, so we need transparency. We need credibility for all these regulations. Willie was was just discussing right now from the EC. They are putting so many uh, new regulations uh, and climate disclosure requirements that without clearly data and technology implementation, we cannot get or trust. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the <laughs> the the insights 
I got from the event, but I I believe it's positive that we are having this in, in, in the agenda at the moment, and that's being discussed, um, at least in this big event. Yeah. Well, th thank you very much. I think this is very, uh, very good. And I think that also uh, creates an opportunity, a little bit of a plan for IHIF to create, create the agenda for based on even those points that you raised, that they should also bring them up. I mean, I, 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 I didn't have a chance to visit the main stage uh, this year, so I did not know exactly what was being discussed. Uh, I stopped in for a short time and uh, yes, there, there was about... Uh, concerns about uh, short-staffed hotels and how you need to create a better experience for the employees when they arrive to the hotel and how should the, uh, the break time be. And, and that was kind of a level of discussion that I heard. But uh, I think the, your points are very, very well taken. And I think this is something uh, we should look forward to, to the, in other events besides the IHIF. Okay, uh, so uh, let's move over now. Change of mood going to Montenegro. It was like meeting friends for the first time in a way, but uh, it was such a warm and uh, and friendly atmosphere for a moment from coming from Berlin, which was hardcore corporate running around trying to catch up with appointments. But here we had actually more time, and I and I was really pleased. I've been uh, to meet Robin for the first time and Tariro, Chris. We have talked uh, some time ago, but now we had a chance actually to have uh, some sitting down and have a good discussions and just to network. And, and I was so, I mean, this would say, uh, I mean, the organizer talked about the generous and collaborative group of people involved in creation and operation of eco resorts. That was kind of their summary of the, of the kind of people they were. And I, I totally agree, even though I, I'm not able to describe that so eloquently, but that's how I felt also. But uh, uh, Robin, have you visited, uh, were you like in the previous times in these events or was this your first time also? It was my first time in person um, and the last time I was online. So it's always nicer to be in person, isn't it? Mm. Um, and and what a difference it is, I think, to the, the, the event you just alluded to in Germany. I think the contrast is humongous already. So I guess I'll dive straight in to what my takeaways were. I was invited to be a speaker at the event to talk about adventure extremes and sustainability. Um, and I hope I inspired some of the, the fellow, I think it was 60 of us that were there. But for me, the biggest three words, you know, when you asked me to think of three takeaways, there were three words and I'll explain, you know, why I thought of those words. So the first was inspiration. Um, and the second was intimacy. And the third was actually your word, Sam, Eric, was collaboration. So a little bit about why those are my key takeaways. You know, the inspiration piece came from, you know, the moment we sat in, in the room and I heard from the marvelous Bill Bensley, you know, and every single person that spoke, be it on the podium or be it over a glass of wine on a boat cruise over those very intimate few days, are the front runners of what they do and the front runners of sustainability and ecotourism from interior visualization to the scientific work you do, you know, Willie, you know, to doing your business the, the other way around in, you know, Envy with, with going, creating a brand and then, you know, creating your, your lodges. So, so much inspiration. Um, and I think that is the, the future of our sector of, of tourism, of ecotourism is, is being those front runners and acknowledging 
that we we actually are the groundbreakers. And that for me was the first exciting takeaway. And the second was the the intimacy, the friendships and the way we were able to actually be very honest with each other. And I know I speak for myself, I spoke about how complex our logistics were to try and encourage others who operate in remote parts of the world not to be afraid to pair profitability with sustainability and taking massive risks to do so. Um, because as you said earlier, Willie, about you know biodiversity and climate, they go hand in glove with profitability. And being able to talk honestly about the examples, it was was a very special gift, I guess. You know, we, we did a lot of gift sharing over the course of the time we shared together. People gave me ideas of how to cool my overheated pods. You know, I had four different ideas for that in, you know. So the generosity um, and I guess open-heartedness of the attendees who are all power players in their own space. Um, you know, people were prepared to learn and share their stories um, and be transparent. And I think that's a, an extraordinary gift, a generosity of ideas. And I think that's where the real change happens in the corporate world as well, being inspired by, by that essence. And the third part was the, you know, the collaboration you alluded to, Sam Eric, is, you know, hopefully I inspired others that we, um, we don't have to sit aside and wait for governments to make the sustainability choices and, and policy changes for us. We can be a part of that. And that's almost your give back to society to both improve your own sustainability uh, projects, but also uplift others. And I think, uh, I think we shared that as a community that we could maybe work together on projects. And I know a lot of the Eco Resort Network people have paired up with other attendees. And I intend to do the same and possibly share advice. And, you know, in my case, a lot of it is crisis management advice and, um, you know, sustainable governance advice, I hope. Um, but those were my the most surprising takeaways and also the similarities we all share of, I guess, the deep-rooted passion for trying to make the corporate world more sustainable and a lighter footprint. So I've rambled a lot, but I think those three takeaways, inspiration, intimacy, and collaboration is what, is what really struck me as remarkable. Well, thank you. That's wonderful. Uh, I mean, you just took the words out of my mouth almost, or my thoughts, because I, I felt exactly, exactly the same uh, coming to the first time for this uh, event. And yeah, this was very, very special. And I really look forward to, to join uh, another year again. But I think it's good opportunity now to to talk to Tariro because now you have are interested to learn what gifts you received from coming to the event as I understand that you have a, a an ambition one of these days to start your own community and in, in in Zimbabwe or doing something of those sorts so please share with us your how how, how the event was for you mine are very similar to Robin um but I'll say this was kind of like my first foray to an event like this. And I was kind of nervous because I thought, oh, perhaps it's too early to go. You know, I, I haven't really got anything to share. So I think I was really, really, I'm very happy I went. And I was so surprised at how giving everybody was with their time 
and their advice and kind of their stories. And I remember Todd had his, um, during his speech, he said something about the campfire at a site and how the glow of the campfire highlights our similarities and the burn our differences. And I was like, there is so many similarities that we can have in this group of like 60 people from like completely different like life, life, life paths, but a similar goal. And my three kind of takeaways were inspiration, partnership and excellence, which I think are going to essentially be kind of like what Robin said, but I'll explain what I thought. Um, so inspiration, I believe in kind of like see it, be it. Where I don't know anybody personally who's like ventured into operating a site, I thought it was just amazing to see so many people owning the site, so many people involved in the development of the site. And I thought it really made me realise that it doesn't have to be you as an individual who takes on absolutely everything, but it's kind of a partnership in people are good at different things and finding out what it is that you want to create and who else is in the industry that is already doing it or that you can gain inspiration from or perhaps work with. It doesn't have to be this one big daunting task. And also I found it really interesting and kind of great to see how people already were working together on specific projects and how during their storytelling you could tell that it wasn't just something for business. It's in their own lives that they sought inspiration in their day to day. And they just happened to harness this into a business that they're now working on. And the last one, excellence. I found that a common thread through all of the speakers and all of the people who are there is a pursuit of excellence in their own learning and what they're delivering and also what their business will do. And by that, I feel in comparison to other um events that I've been to where the focus is on getting lots of money I think it's really that impact that you're going to have not just for your family but for the local communities and everybody in the planet in terms of what what is the lasting impact of everything you're going to do so overall I just thought it was expansive in my thinking and yeah really really inspiring good well thank you Tariro and uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on and uh, uh, takeaway from from our event in Montenegro? I have many thoughts, and uh, I think they're gonna mix up in my my brain and come out in a very random order. But uh, I've I've was fortunate and unfortunate to attend many hospitality conferences uh, in the last decade and a half. And most of them are very large conferences, like the one you were speaking of uh, earlier. Uh, I love the blue suit, dark blue suit with white shirt, because you know, this is a trend and, and they all want to you know, uh, dress, dress accordingly and, and, and in a similar fashion. I think different conferences have different objectives. Uh, most large conferences have... Uh, want to attract the big players that want to showcase the biggest stands and speak the longest on stage and be on the biggest stage and, 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 and try to impress the most and try to have as many press releases as possible to make a biggest impact because there is a, a big PR uh, component uh, to it, which is very important. And, and we participate in these conferences and when need be, we do make announcement at these conferences. But, but, but I believe that the purpose of these conferences is more about networking, as you said, uh, getting people together and 
you know, uh, trying to to uh, impress the other, uh, trying to 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 make a certain point, etc. And which is fine. And I think we need those conferences uh, definitely. And and I I enjoy going to them, but for a completely different uh, purpose. Uh, the topics as well, I find that in those big conferences remain very high level. Uh, no one on stage wants to go into detail. No one wants to challenge the other one because there is a lot of uh, face uh, also saving that you want to do when there is a large audience of 2,000 people listening to you. You're, you know, the, the setting does not encourage you to actually challenge each other. And it becomes, it goes down a certain route, uh, which often and, and sometimes stays at a very high level, uh, which is, may not be very interesting. Now, moving to the Eco Resort Conference, uh, wow, it was like day and night. Uh, first, I think the size of the conference plays a huge role in, in, in the success that it has. Uh, 60 people versus 1,000 or even 2,000, a huge difference. Uh, when you have 60, you're able to choose the speakers, you're able to choose the delegates and the sponsors more carefully. And when you have only 60 people, it does become like a small community, like a family who is actually sitting there to help each other, to learn from each other, to support each other and not to show off or, or to brag, etc. I mean, I mean, honestly, uh, uh, Robin is here. It's difficult to speak in front of a person because, you know, it's not because you're here, but someone like Robin being at this conference with what she's done is, is huge. Uh, having Bill Bensley, Luca Franco, Louis, I mean, th these guys are big. Uh, and having them so modestly and so genuinely and generously sitting there speaking to the audience and telling intimate stories and in an intimate setting, it's just amazing. And you, you don't get to do this with uh, in other conferences. So I think this is a huge plus and, and we are all very, very privileged and blessed to have, uh, you know, attended those uh, talks and had the chance to meet them, uh, whether it's on a boat or, <laughs> or over a glass of wine. We had many of those. Uh, it was, it was, it was lots of fun. And I think the third one, I felt that was my first eco resort conference in person. My co-founder Noel attended the first one in Slovenia, but the feedback was a bit similar is that the choice of location also puts people in a certain mood where they just want to be together and support each other. I mean, when you're sitting around that waterfront in Montenegro, same thing last year in Slovenia, uh, first of all, we were very, very lucky to, to, to experience that country and its culture and its people. And when you put 60 people passionate about nature and adventure and outdoor hospitality in such a setting, I mean, you, you can only create friendships and, and spend some amazing time. So I think these are the three main uh, components that made this event so special. I felt uh, whenever you gave that sort of three key points from, from the event, I sort, of, I sort of relived the event from, from last week in, in, a very, in a very special way. And then I had a chance to meet you, all, all of you individually, that made it very, very, very special. And I really look forward that uh, uh, we have a chance to meet again and also exchange ideas around this and maybe in a different format and, and so on. But I'd like to just uh, take uh, this opportunity to just thank you for joining uh, from your busy schedules this uh, video podcast. 
and I look forward to seeing you perhaps in another episode and we have a chance to talk about one topic for a longer period of time. So thank you again for being with us. It was great fun and I'd like to do it again, right? Yeah. That was yeah. the takeaway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone else want to share another final thoughts? I tried to... Yeah, same here. I thought, I mean... <laughs> Go ahead, Maribel. <laughs> no, no, I, I was just saying that I will try to attend next year because it looks like uh, this is an amazing event. I've never been... I mean, I participated online, but mm -hmm. not on site. So I'd love to travel if I can and meet you. Yeah, for me, for me, uh, listening to Chris and Terry and Robin again, it's it's like being there again last week. And I think what was amazing in comparison to so many other corporate conferences is just a holistic approach over everything that you guys do uh, when you actually do your projects. It's uh, it's great. It's actually great. And that's the way to approach um, sustainability or regeneration. In fact, very, very inspiring. I just hope that whatever you're doing is going to have an effect, you know, it's going to spill over to the corporate world, in fact. So not the other way around, but rather what you do actually has a spillover to the rest of the world. That, that's really what's needed. Thanks for joining us this week on the Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website, b8bhospitality.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes or Spotify, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we appreciate rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.